It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're fixing to have us a good day. Happy Friday. Let's go. Zach, Michael, here with you. Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. Lots of listener action today. We may get some recruiting at the end of the show. I don't think we'll have a whole lot of time, so we may not do that. But uh, Mm. some really, really good questions, some really, really insightful voicemails, and we're going to get to all of it. First, I want to encourage you to go to auburnpodcast.com. Through through Sunday, it's going to send you to our Teespring link, and uh, you can buy some Auburn Podcast swag. Through Sunday, it's 30% off. They got a flash sale uh, with, with us partnering with Teespring. So check that out. It really helps out the show. And uh, yeah, that's that's really all that is to it. So you have till Sunday to get it uh, for 30% off. All right, you ready for some questions? We got some listener voicemails. Uh, to be honest, I'm not positive that I'm ready, but I think so. There's one that we, we get called out. Ben calls us out, but we got a few before we get to that one. So we should be okay. 205-502-4285. You can call it or you can text it. We will uh, we will do both. All right, so uh, here's the first one. Hey, guys. <laughs> My bad. Wrong button. Here's Justin. Hey, guys. It's uh, Justin. I got a question for you. So who do you think out of the 22 players that go on the field, offense and defense, who do you think has is the most likely player to they may start the season, but they won't end the season as a starter? Wow, there, there's so much in the air with this season. A certain position, like running back, you have what five guys on scholarship. Granted, two of them or three of them are they're not going to be featured backs. They're just not those type of backs. But and also you have you have Matthew uh, Matthew Hill moving to safety. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what it is about this guy. I just feel like he's too athletic to be left off the field for long. I feel like if he grasps the playbook, he's going to come out there and take somebody's job. And wow. you have all those players that. Uh, at, the corner spots, I mean, you never know. Like you said, certain players would have an edge with spring and summer, but now the fact that there is no, there wasn't a spring and there's going to be a makeshift summer, do you think that gives them an even better shot of potentially taking somebody's job three, four, maybe five games down the road? All right, thanks, guys. Bye. Justin, as always, we really appreciate your calls. They're always, uh, they always seem to be pretty good questions. So 205-502-4285. First observation, he said 22. He did not count punter or kicker. So mm. those just don't matter mm. to Justin, and that's fine. Or long snapper. Justin, what's going on, man? Or any other special teams position. Hey, punters are people, too. Yep. And it's interesting enough, I think Matthew Hill is going to make his biggest impact on special teams. So I think that's how he's going to get in the field. I, I'm not buying the Matthew Hill hype, um, Justin. That's just that's just me. I think he had a better chance kind of doing it as a receiver than than a safety. It just seems like Auburn is so good at defensive back currently as far as what they have coming back and going into the season with experience. So, um, is, What about the slot? As far as answering his question? or No, for, about for Hill? Matthew Hill. Well, that's what we thought, but they're, they're moving him over to the other side of the ball. No, no. Slot corner. Oh, I see. Nickel, Mo- I guess. Move Tut outside? Yeah. Or like... When they I go mean, dime, just, just in general, or, or dime, or like a uh, like the third safety, kind of what Smoke Monday was doing a whole bunch last season. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't. I mean, I, I'm just spitballing here. I don't really know. And obviously, I, I think Matthew Ladarius Hill, Tennyson is more likely to get on the field than Matthew Hill in yeah, that or, role. Okay, or Chris Thompson Jr. I mean, either one. You know, those freshmen. Uh, Tennyson's been impressive from what I've heard. 
from what? He not not not, not his his weigh in was he, okay. he came in bigger than they thought and very lean. I I mean sorry, I don't mean to be rude. No, I know, that was condescending. It's I know fine. my tone was. I'm sorry. Hey, we're, just, we're on the same team here. I know. <laughs> Like without spring, I mean Matthew Hill's another guy who really would have benefited from spring. No question. And, and so it's like without the spring, he's exactly right. It would have to happen multiple weeks into the season. He mentioned the obvious one, running back. Yeah. I think there's I, I mean, we've seen it time and time again with Gus where it's like, oh, okay, right now the listed starter is DJ Williams, but he's getting five fewer carries a game mm. than the quote-unquote backup. Sure, yeah. yeah. So, the, the obvious one is running back. We've talked about it a lot. We talked about it with Jason Campbell mm-hmm. uh, early, early in the weekend. If you missed that conversation with Jason Campbell, check it out. The previous two episodes were with I, I thought that was one of the best questions I've ever asked. Um, yeah, I think so. Um, my uh, To answer this question, I'll go with Nehemiah Pritchett just because of the Marco Damio situation. Um, my tone has changed on Damio. I think he's going to be an instant impact guy. He's another guy that really Pritchett's a guy that hurt from you know not having spring with that competition being opposite Roger McCreary. So I'll go with him. And Damio's still not on campus, and so it's going to take him longer to to kind of get ready and kind of get his mindset right with mm-hmm. what Kevin Steele and you know the defensive coaches want him to do. So it may take him halfway through the season to catch up. And once he does, can you know is Pritchett going to be able to kind of separate himself from Damio? I don't know. Day one against Alcorn State, sure. Against UNC, sure. But who's going to be the guy starting in the Iron Bowl? I don't know. Yeah. So, so my my answer to, uh, to Justin's question is Pritchett. Nehemiah Pritchett. Uh, I think tight end slash H back is another one. Okay. Um, the obvious answer right now would be John Samuel Shanker, mm-hmm. but they have That's four. Mm-hmm. They've got four young guys who we don't really know very much about. Who can, you know, they've got the ability to maybe if they become big time receiving threats or something. Somebody tweeted us the other day that we have been totally just forgetting about Brandon Frazier. Yeah, and they um, were too low on him. I saw that. I hey, he's a big guy. It's just a day one thing. Freshmen uh, are tough to predict, and especially without a spring, freshmen are really tough to predict. Right. And we just haven't, like, practices haven't started. That's why I, I said, you know, he's, you said he's looked really good, and I'm like, from what? Like, they, No, be condescending about it. I, I don't care. I, wasn't, I, I can take it. I really wasn't, It's just like they've... We're about uh, to get I mean, called out a few minutes weights. anyway. It's fine. I don't know. So it's fine. I had another one that I thought was... Oh, um... Will linebacker? It's Mike and Will, right? Okay. Will. Um, if the written starter is not Owen Papo, I think that it will be at some point during the season. Okay. I think that's interesting because like, that's really most important when you go nickel. And I'm just curious to see what they do with Owen Papo in the nickel. Because do, do they yeah. move him to the nickel? Because he could do that. And mm-hmm. it just kind of allows you to do more from a personnel standpoint, but if they don't, if they keep Tut there at the nickel, I think Owen Papo starts the season at Will Linebacker next to K.J. Britt in the nickel, but we'll see. We'll see. If he doesn't, I agree with you. If it's Zacoby or Chandler, I, I, I think it would be Zacoby over Wooten, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, I also have written down offensive line just because it's... Such an unknown It's so already. crazy. Yeah. The situation is just so bonkers. It's bizarre. So there's going to be so much uh, competition there anyway. I don't think that competition is going to be fully over week one. So that is that is uh, that is that is another one for me. 205-502-4285. Let's uh, let's do another voicemail. 
Hey guys. <laughs> I'm sorry, wrong Dude, one. Zach, it's the other button. I'm sorry. Here's a uh, here's a friend of the program or of my radio show, Lindsey Crosby. Hey guys, Lindsey Crosby from Auburn here. Had the chance to talk to Alan Green this morning and found out that if an Auburn player tests positive for coronavirus, they're going to be out for three weeks, not two. Two weeks of quarantine and one week to reacclimate to physical activity. Uh, I know Pappas thinks that if a if an SEC quarterback tests positive, we'll never hear about it. But if that does happen and Bo Nix is out for three weeks, what does the offense look like? What does that mean for Auburn? Um, what kind of scenario are we looking at if that happens? Love the show. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Lindsay. Yeah, he was tweeting us that. I'm like, hey, call the voicemail. Uh, I think it'd be easier to kind of work that in. And so he did. Appreciate that, Lindsay. Three weeks is obviously a big deal. And honestly, it makes me think of what your comments of like, yeah, there's no way a coach is going to disclose that. That's a fourth of the season. That's a big deal. Totally. And that's assuming that you don't test positive on a Thursday. Yeah, that's, just, that's assuming if you, the timing is perfect. Because if yeah. you test positive on a Thursday or a Friday, depending on when they're testing, or, or that's when the test comes back, it's Thursday or Friday, and so you're out three weeks from then, like, you're not going to play in the game the next day, so then you're missing a full month? There's, there is absolutely no way. And if this happens a single time, you know what we're going to see, Zach? We're going to see media members. We're going to see coaches. We're going to see everyone with a voice, which is everyone right now, with Twitter and message boards and blah, 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 yep. claiming that a, they heard from someone through the grapevine, blah, 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 that so-and-so failed a coronavirus test. Right? That... You know, yeah. Jamie Newman failed a coronavirus test three weeks before the, it, it. That happens to leak exactly three and a half weeks before the the Auburn game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So Lindsay, th- thank just, you for sharing that with us. Uh, with, yeah, hearing that from Alan Green. That's that's interesting. Yeah, that is a big deal and kind of puts the emphasis on Grant Loy coming in. So we'll we'll see what that looks like before we get called out, Michael Pappas. Want to give some love to our friends at Fetch Me. We talked about it all month so far. We're going to keep talking about it for the rest of the month. It is Fetcher's Appreciation Month. And uh, based on the trend that I've seen closely in your life, you are going to probably use Fetch Me this weekend. Um, yes. Uh, I'm one of those people who does not leave my couch mm-hmm. on the weekends. I almost just said apartment, but I really don't leave my couch. Sure. Get more uh, specific. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm all about Fetch Me. Yeah, and I mean they got delivery fees as low as two ninety nine, and then when you slap on there these great promo codes, I mean it's basically free delivery. Absolutely, and they take care of you, and they are truly local. Fetch me twenty for your first delivery, free or two five off for twenty five percent off your order. That's at fetchmedelivery.com or the free Fetch Me app. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You ready to get called out? Yeah, I guess. All right. Here is uh, Ben, I think from North Georgia. Hey, guys, it's Ben from North Georgia. Yes, hey, Ben. Just calling in again to be contrarian because uh, I just think we there's an it. issue. Y'all keep hammering on that, frankly, I think you're dead wrong on, and I think mm. it's just that Let's go, Ben. Bias. But y'all need to go back and re-look at who's the best defensive tackle Auburn's ever had. 
It's not Derek Brown. It's not Nick Farrelly. Not even remotely close. There was a guy in 1988 by the name of Tracy Rocker. Might know him because he coached some of these guys. Uh, Tracy Rocker is our, he was a two-time consensus All-American, 1987-1988. He also won in 88, SEC Player of the Year, the Outland Trophy, and the Lombardi Trophy. He was the very first SEC player to ever win both trophies at the same time. Uh, Derek Brown was not SEC Player of the Year in 2019 or 2018. He was not, he was a one-time consensus All-American. My, my main point for basically, you know, throwing this out there is not, you know, to harp on y'all missing stuff, but y'all need to go back and look at stuff that Auburn has billed as its history for years. I mean, Zeke Smith won the Outland Trophy. He's on the side of the stadium. Tracy Rocker is on the side of the stadium with his two trophies. Derek Brown, while he was a great player and dominant in his own right, at the same time when he was measured against the best of the best across the country, he still wasn't the best. Tracy Rocker was two times as a consensus All-American against his peers. And on top of that, the year he was a senior, he won the two trophies that put him at the top of all alignment, offense and defense. All right, my opinion. Yeah, take it and run with it. But either way, appreciate the show. War Eagle. Thank you so much, Ben. 205-502-4285. I think this is interesting because I think a lot of this has to do with the greatest versus the best. I think uh, I think Tracy Rocker's career is more decorated, and that was uh, that was Ben's argument for sure. But when you look at the people that evaluate talent better than anyone, and they make a lot of money doing it because there's a lot of money on the line. Like Tracy Rocker was a third round draft pick, and like there was a reason for that. Tracy Rocker is also six three two seventy eight. Derek Brown's what six five three zero five. Yeah. Um, also, I understand listing all of his accomplishments and awards, very accomplished career, but in this situation, like because he was the best in 1988, like you are correct, he was the best in 1988. He, like you said, he was compared against his peers and was determined to be better than them. But in this case, we're not comparing them to their peers. We're comparing, I guess, them to each other and like, like Derek Brown is bigger, stronger, faster. And then at the NFL wanted him more. Yeah. And like just in general, the the players that are playing today are going to be bigger, stronger and faster. Just with modern technology and modern yeah, players are bigger than they yeah. used to be. Yeah. And, and that's not a knock on everyone. And obviously, you know. I love Tracy Rocker. That was great. And, you know, he, he and my mother hung out in school together. I mean, they were, they were, they had, they were in the same friend group. Like, I, I, I like Tracy Rocker a ton, and I think he's a really good coach. But, and so I don't want it to sound like we're dissing Tracy Rocker here. He's an important part of what Auburn does. Like you said, he, he's, on the, he's on the stadium. But, I don't know. I, I, I just. He, I, I don't think he's as good of a player as as Derek Brown. I know there's this assumption like, oh, we've never watched him and, and things like that. But I don't know. Ben, we're on the same team here, brother. We're on the same team here. I love getting called out. I love being you know asked these questions. But Derek Brown is the best defensive tackle to play for Auburn. Yeah, and I, 
I do agree with you that we do need to go back. I, I definitely can say I need to go back more often than I do before throwing out like phrases like best Auburn's ever had and stuff. But I mean, it, but I, have we said he's the greatest? Because I do think there's a difference, right? I do think there is a difference between the greatest to do something and the best to do something. Because I think the best has to do with like ability and like. Like LeBron, I think, is the best. I think Jordan is the greatest as far as what he's accomplished and the legacy and all that. So if you want to say Tracy is higher on the great scale than Derek Brown or Nick Fairley, I'm 100% okay with that. Do you disagree? I, I mean, that is like the opposite argument that you made like a, a week ago when we did the, the top 10 list of the best players under Gus Malzon. Really? Yeah. Well, not the opposite, but like you were talking about stuff guys did off the field and how much the Auburn fan base loved them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that shouldn't apply because we're doing best players. Oh, I see. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. But also, and I, I talk about this every time Derek Brown comes up, is when he committed to Auburn, it changed how Auburn was able to commit or how Auburn was able to go into Georgia and get players. And that's a big deal, too. And I don't know the recruiting background for Tracy Rocker. He could have had a big impact on what they were doing, too. I, I'm, I'm not sure. But as far as, as, far as you know, the recency bias there, like that, that, that's a thing. But also, like, players are better now than they were in the late 80s. And I, I think you touched on that. So we, yeah, get, we get there? You got yeah. something else? I just, like, there's very few guys that when you pluck them out of the 80s and if you were going to put them in, in football today – that you'd really be like, okay, that guy would still be dominant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we know who Tracy Rocker is. It's it's D Ford that I have a hard time remembering. <laughs> I don't know what that is about. What's up with that? I have no idea. Oh, also, Auburn, if anyone wants a fun little exercise, Auburn football uh, is doing like a team of the decade that everyone can go vote on online. Somewhere on auburnfootball.com, I don't remember, but... For each position, it like lists out everyone's stats. Okay. Um, I will say, I was a little hard on Deshaun Davis. He does have incredible stats. But did you know that the linebacker with the best stats of the decade is actually Cass? Oh, yeah? Yeah. As far as total tackles? All of them. Like tackles, tackles for loss, I think sacks also. Interesting. Not that Auburn has had incredible linebackers this decade, but I was just kind of like, I did not realize that he was that effective as a linebacker. Oh, yeah. huh, how about that? How about that? Wild question coming up before we get to that text question. We uh, we are so proud to partner with Built Bar, a great tasting protein bar with uh, not a whole lot of calories, not a whole lot of carbs or sugar grams, but a whole lot of protein. A whole lot of protein. And a whole lot of yumminess, because that's a thing. Yes. They're incredible. They are incredible. They are incredible. So... Want to want to kind of challenge you to head over to builtbar.com, check out their website. They're, they're doing some cool things with charities right now. Uh, they've got a section where if you order a box, it's like fifteen percent off. You get two boxes, it's thirty percent off, and if you get four or more, it's up to fifty percent off. So use promo code Locked On for ten dollars off your first box at builtbar.com. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
Last question. We got a text to our our, our number, 205-502-4285. If it was the SEC West coaches versus the SEC East coaches in a fight, who would win? How do you want to do this, Zach? I'm just you've got a full um you've got a full spreadsheet. I did a little made. research, yeah. I'm just gonna let you go if that's okay. You, okay. You feel good taking it on? Yeah. I, I, I didn't know if you wanted to do like east versus west or if you wanted to just like both go in on it or what. No, you've um, done the research. I'm gonna let you handle this. Okay. And then I'll give you my opinion because I, I have my answer. So I'll drop some some terms for the fight here, I guess. Okay. This is hand to hand combat, no weapons. <laughs> <laughs> They've got, just like a football game, they've got a week to strategize ahead of time. Okay. One walks out of one tunnel, one walks out of the other tunnel. You know, they meet at midfield at Legion Field. No weapons. No, it's a central location in Birmingham, just okay. like the SEC offices. All right. That's why we're going there. Okay. And, you know, tax revenue for the state. Do they have to deal with parking at Legion Field? Or do they get special access? You know, that's probably part of the strategy. I would assume. Okay. Maybe they're coming on a bus together. All right. Maybe they Uber. Uh, Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so just for starters right now, uh, the answer is the East. <laughs> Tell us why. Uh, the, the East coaches would win. Uh, the big one here is that the, the East coaches are 10 years younger on average than... The West coaches. They got more spry. And, spring in their step. Yeah, and, and now all of all of the East coaches are about 70 inches tall, which is like 5'10". Um, and, and, and the West coaches are everywhere from Saban's 5'6 to uh, Lane Kiffin's 6'4". And Gus Malzahn 6'4". Gus Malzahn, tallest coach in the SEC. Spread it. <laughs> Spread it. Shout out to Gus. Uh, he's also from Irving, Texas, just saying. Uh, Saban weighs 150 pounds. That is online. You can look that up. That's a joke. <laughs> Derek Mason would eat him. <laughs> also, have you seen a picture of Derek Mason lately? The intensity in that man's eyes? I do. I mean, he's the X factor for the East, for sure. But the West mm. has Ed Orgeron. That is a scrappy yeah, dude. I get that. Ed Orgeron is 58 years old. He is eight years older, no, six years older than Mark Stoops, who is the oldest Eastern Conference head, East Division head coach at 52. Yeah, but who you got in a fight between Ed Orgeron and Stoops? Come on. Like, I get that the average, but how long, what is the stamina like for Coach O? Like, I know he exercises. You, you see him I running know, all the time. That's been kind of the new thing. Hey, I know he exercises. Here's Ed Orgeron with his shirt bunch. off. Yeah. But the East head coaches are doing a weight loss challenge right now. Or something like that. What? Yeah, because I tried. I was googling these guys' heights and weights. Uh, I found Sam Pittman. He's two sixty four. Okay. Sam Pittman was an offensive lineman in college, and he's like an uh, he's on his, in his school's Hall of Fame, and he's 5'10", 264 right now. I, I think Saban's holding back the West. Absolutely, he's sixty eight years old and is five six one fifty. Uh, I mean, none of the, but also... He, he loves Coke products, though. Eli, Eli, drink, speaking of drinks, Eli Drinkwitz, the new head coach at Missouri. See what I did there? Drinks, Drinkwitz. Nice. Eli Drinkwitz, the head coach of Missouri, is he's 37. So you'd think like, oh, wow. I mean, that guy could go, compared to the other ones, Sure, he's half their age. Right. He's literally over half of Saban's age, mm-hmm. less than half of Saban's age. There it is. Um, 
have you seen a picture of this guy? Huge nerd. I mean, wow. I don't, I, I don't think he's going to help a Ed whole lot. Yeah. would eat him. Mm-hmm. Uh, another X factor could be Mike Leach, if you can get him to buy in. Strategy? He's. I mean, he literally has taught a class on war tactics. Uh-huh. Um, so that could be helpful. That's a big deal. Uh, I'd be concerned about Lane Kiffin's participation. I'm not sure he would be all gusto. Probably wants to protect the face. I think he'd be fired up until he got punched once. And he's like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, I'm bleeding a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, How, wh- just, where, does, where does Gus fit into this? I feel like Gus, Gus would not throw the first punch or the second punch. Right? Like, if you hit Gus, he's not going to hit you back. But if you hit, like, I don't know. I don't know if he's particularly friends with any of these guys, but, like, I feel like Gus would have your back. He, well, he's boys with Muschamp, right? But he, that's in the East. Oh, as far as teammates. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You, you, like, let's say he's good friends with Sam Pittman or, from Arkansas, and, like, someone clocked Sam Pittman. I feel like Gus would clock him back. Sam Pittman overweight though, so you know you don't I, you don't know how long he'll last in a fight. I'm telling you, man, the East has got it down. And I also looked up these guys' hometowns because I'm like, you know, if they're from like scrappy places, for example, the West has two guys from West Virginia, uh huh, in Saban and Jimbo. So like you'd think like those guys have seen some stuff. West Virginia stuff goes down, right? Sam Pittman from Oklahoma, like okay. <laughs> okay, Sam Pittman. Coach O. I mean, Coach O has been in a fighter five. Don't get me wrong. Coach O could be if. But that's, again, that's one guy. Like, if they team. And he's not a super large human. He's uh, 6'2, 238. That's like He may my not size. be large in stature, but he is larger than life. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. That uh, matters. Yeah. Mike Leach is from California. You know, Lane Kiffin was born in Nebraska. No, that's like the most boring state out there. I know. Like he doesn't have anything going for him in this fight. Nebraska or Iowa, yeah. Well, it, it, his youth, but when you put that up against the other team, it's just it's gone. Well, I think a lot of people from Nebraska would have like that country strength, but like Lincoln doesn't have that. No. There's no way. Know. Also, I don't know how he was born in Nebraska. I Monty must have been there for a little I I just All right. I don't know. So, all right, so so you, you got the East. Yeah, I've big time. Do you know how many coaches in the SEC are either from Alabama or came through Auburn? I know this is not off topic, but it is absurd. Well, obviously Gus. Yeah, so... Jimbo. Gus. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, yep, yeah, okay. Jimbo. Uh, Muschamp. Are there more? Pruitt's from Alabama. Smart. Oh, okay. I was thinking just like going through Auburn. Okay. Smart's from Alabama. Drinkwitz was an offensive analyst for the national championship team, and then he went with Gus to Arkansas State and took an on-the-field position there. Uh, obviously Gus, yeah. I want to say there was someone else that I was missing, but O wasn't, Kiffin wasn't, Leach wasn't. I mean, All still, right. that's wild six, six yeah, of that's the 14. Like, that's... That's a lot. Where can people find you and hear you, friend? And I don't think we emphasize enough that Derek Mason would just eat everyone. Yeah, Der- Derek Mason. He's terrifying. The, yeah, he. Uh, yeah, that is one. He's been in a fight before. Intense too. human yeah, being. Right. Where's he from? Uh, Arizona. Hmm. Five I would have guessed a lot of places before Arizona. Five nine. Where did he coach before Vandy? I believe he was at Stanford. I think he was the defensive coordinator at Stanford. I think you're right. It's also 
kind of astounding how many of these guys went to like D two schools or like really like really small colleges. Yeah. Um, whether to play football or just went there. Right. Drinkwitz did not play football. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> I don't think I don't I don't know anything about Drinkwitz, but like you just take one look at the guy. <laughs> I guess Saban played football, so anyone All right. could. All right. You're on Twitter at CouchBapTato. I'm on Twitter at Z Blackaby. The show's on Twitter at LockedOnAuburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. Check out AuburnPodcast.com by Sunday for be part of the flash sale to get some Auburn uh, podcast swag. We'll see you Monday right here on Locked On Auburn. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.